Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way to learn about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined by the lovable Japanophile, Pete Donaldson. Pete, <laughs> how dickens are you? I've been called lovable, I've been called something with a file at the end, but uh, I've not been called lovable <laughs> Japanophile, and I'm having it, Chris. How are you doing, man? You alright? I'm good. I'm a little bit, uh, I've just had a big Domino's pizza, I oh. thought, you know pre-podcast prep that's a lot of alliteration uh, get a Domino's pizza in down a Domino's pizza oh, I probably will crash yeah a few a few, a few moments in a few minutes in but well, I think I'll be alright is there a big culture oh. of kind of delivery over there like delivered foods I mean I presume pizza's yeah. probably one of the only few things you can do mm. yeah no there isn't really um, in fact I mean I only, I only discovered Domino's about two or three months ago right uh, and in the winter, it's perfect because you don't want to go out after six pm because it's like a fridge, like a mm. freezer outside. So, I if I'm lazy, you know, I just want to sit inside, stare at the wall. Then I just need a Domino's pizza to go with it. So, I, yeah, Domino's is it kind of fills that gap. There's nothing else out there that I know of here uh, that can do that. That's yeah. where Domino's comes in. Is, I have to eat Domino's. Is it identical no to the choice. American or UK experience, or is there anything? Is there any Japanese flourishes? Are the delivery drivers a little <laughs> bit more polite, a little bit more on time? I don't know. It's it's obscenely quick. Like it comes mm. in like twenty minutes. It's Jeez, really fast. That's amazing. It's absurd. Yeah, um, <laughs> and they're very polite. Yeah, I think they must be a bit fed up of me ordering by now, or really delighted <laughs> by me ordering because I do it so often. <laughs> or on a first a first name basis. But anyway, <laughs> Just, I'm uh, a little bit. Shattered though. I've just come back from Tokyo. Um, I was filming with Natsuki. Ah, yes. Quite a, the quite boys are back in town. Days. Been what two months since I last saw him? So it was quite an emotional get together. really. But we went to the um, the Kill Bill restaurant. You know this Kill Bill restaurant? <laughs> no, I don't. What, what's that about? Well, like the the um, it's a restaurant that influenced the uh, the movie. Oh. Like, well, they had the big fight. Have you seen Kill Bill? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Of course, not. <laughs> Uh, but, like, yeah, you know the big fight with the crazy 88? Yes. Which, like, goes into a restaurant, and then 88 blokes with swords come out? Mm. Uh, it's that one. That's where it's kind of set or based uh, on. Ah. Yeah. Did it's you... a tourist trap, but... Right. The, um... Yeah, the, the inter- if you like Kill Bill, definitely go. If you if you don't like Kill Bill, it's not worth it. The food <laughs> is a little bit pricey, and, mm. and it is a bit of a tourist trap, so... Yeah. 
But you did get out if you liked the film. You, you didn't see, like, uh, were, they, were they called the Five Six Sevens or something? That band, that girl band who played as the woof, fight woof, went woof, on. Woof, woof, yeah, woof, that's woof, the one, yeah. That one, yeah. Yeah, I kept humming it while I was in there. I was like, yeah, I was expecting it to come on at some point. Uh, and I went there, and when we went there, Natsuki had his katana sword and a, an eye mask like one of the crazy 88. And he walked in with his bloody plastic katana, was waving it around like a Muppet, and all the staff were just looking at him like, who are you and what are you doing here? Uh, <laughs> so that was I, the closest we got to Kill Bill. They they must have seen that sort of thing before, surely. They must have saw, seen a man walking in with a big sword. Like yeah, It's not exactly original, is it? <laughs> I uh, guess not, I guess not. But, uh, well, I did film it, so there'll be a video about that coming out soon. Beautiful. How How is the great man? But, how is Natsuki? Is he, is he still smoking right. 50 a day? He smokes an obscene amount of cigarettes still, but I, mm. I nearly killed him, actually, because the, ma- the main thing we went to Tokyo to do mm. was the uh, Monster Gyoza Challenge. Oh, uh, right. I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen the Monster Gyoza thing? You sent me a picture of this obscenely large... It looks like um, <laughs> it looks like a throw pillow. It's like a big gyoza that's about as big as a giant's fingernail. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know what gyoza is, it's like uh, a, a kind of... I don't know, it's, it's like a diced... Diced pork, minced pork, mm. uh, put in a little bit of batter, and it's about the size of a slice of orange or an orange wedge, I guess. <laughs> Is that a good description? I don't yeah, know. But anyway, this, yeah. this monster gyoza was the equivalent of about 150 uh, gyoza. <laughs> it was the size of a very big child's birthday cake, <laughs> and uh, it cost 9,800 yen each. So he spent like two hundred dollars <laughs> on bloody two massive gyozas, and. Um, <laughs> You have one hour to eat it. There's a few rules in place. You have one hour to eat it. If you finish it, the gyoza's free. I don't. I've I've watched a few videos about it, and I don't think I've ever seen anyone finish it. Right. Uh, but I thought, well, we'll give it a shot. It's kind of the the spiritual sequel to our monster ramen challenge we did a few years ago. Mm. And another there's another there's another rule on there though that worried me uh, a fair bit, and it's in red. All the rules are in black, and there's just one rule in red, and it's. If you are sick while you eat the gyoza, while you're eating and doing the challenge, if you're sick everywhere, you have to pay $300 and clean up your own sick. How awful is that? <laughs> if I was running a reputable establishment, I would not want patrons cleaning up their own <laughs> sick because I, when, I'm, when I've just been sick, I'm not exactly diligent. That's all I'm saying. Especially if I've eaten a monster yeah. gyoza. And uh, well, I don't want to spoil it, but Natsuki was sick. Uh, not in there, thank, <laughs> thank God. Uh, that would have been... Well, actually, that would have been quite a good video. But uh, yeah. no, he was sick afterwards. <laughs> About half an hour afterwards, he ran to the toilet and, uh, yeah, poor Natsuki. To be fair, he did eat quite a lot of gyoza. I won't spoil who uh, who won or who mm. ate the most, but uh, we both ate a fair bit. Uh, <laughs> and it wasn't a fun memory. Like, the batter on the gyoza was like the size of a, uh, like a, a cake pastry thing it was like a about mm. five inches thick the batter right. it felt really wrong it felt perverse well, well uh, I guess so yeah. well, gyoza kind of when you fry it it becomes crispy by virtue of the fact it's actually quite a thin membrane yeah. but once it gets That's scaled right. up I suppose it's actually quite stodgy it's just like eating a load of flour and water <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah basically and it's, it's horrible I, yeah <laughs> it's, well, it was the least exciting the least favourite food challenge I've ever done no, uh, it's... and I don't want to do it again. Even thinking about it makes me feel kind of nauseous. <laughs> uh, we were both awful by the end of it, and I'm still still kind of recovering uh, yeah. from it all. To be honest, 48 hours later, we had a nice time, um, and we filmed quite a few videos. But that was mm. the standout video. 
But uh, we do have White Day coming up, Pete, as you know. Okay, uh, yeah. We had, so our first video we talked about Valentine's Day. I thought the mm. word wouldn't come to me then. Valentine's Day. So this week, coming up, we've got White Day. Well, so... That it's w- already happened by the time of this recording. So what we talked about last time was uh, Valentine's Day being the time when women give presents and chocolates to men, and then White Day is a month later, a.k.a. now, because we are celebrating our <laughs> month anniversary of this show, the Abroad Wee. Japan podcast, tell your friends. Um, yeah, we like so now uh, the reverse happens. The boys have to give stuff to the girls. That's right. Uh, so... I rather I don't want to dwell on it too much because we've already covered Valentine's mm. Day. We don't want to do a whole other episode on Valentine's Day times two. <laughs> uh, but I actually asked Natsuki for some advice on what guys should give to girls. Oh, holy uh, moly. So here's what Natsuki had to say. Three items that he recommends uh, giving to girls on White Day. Wow. So I'm here with Natsuki. Hello, Natsuki. Hello, everyone. And we're going to ask him for some advice on what to give on White Day. Romantic gifts to give on oh. White Day. So, Natsuki, what are your three wow. three recommended items of things to give on White Day? Number Wait, one? M- number one? Um, chicken. Chicken? Mm. Chicken? What? A- Do you mean food or the animal? Food, food, food. Oh, food. food. Oh, okay. Double chicken. Double chicken, yeah. because one portion of chicken simply isn't enough for White yeah. Day. Uh, <laughs> what, cheap. What kind of chicken? Fried chicken? Boiled chicken? KFC style. KFC style chicken. Yeah, fried. <laughs> wow. All right, yeah. number two. The number second two. thing you recommend. And socks. Socks. Why? Socks are necessary. Socks are important. Socks are important, yeah. 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 In the house, in and the room. And uh, have you ever given socks to a girl? No. No, right. Another another questionable item. And a third thing on your list, a third thing you would give on White Day. Chopsticks. Chopsticks. Yeah. Chopsticks. Very rare. <laughs> very rare no. chopsticks. Not important, but not very Im- rare. Not important, but very rare. Wow. It's chopstick on double style. Right. Love is double. Chopsticks are romantic. Chopsticks are romantic because yeah. there's two, right? Two. Two chopsticks, two people, a chopstick each. Each, each. <laughs> each there. Right, thank you, Datsuki. Thank you for your hit list. Chicken, socks, socks and chopsticks. The big three things to give on White Day. <laughs> a questionable list, uh, nonetheless. But thank you, Natsuki. Thank you. Thank romantic you very much. man. So there you have it, Pete. <laughs> chicken, wow. chicken, socks and chopsticks. The big three things to give on White Day. Not candy, not chocolates. Chicken, socks and chopsticks. Chris, I mean, muffin, he, is, he, is, he is a married man, so and we're not. He is. So, I mean, well, he's, yeah. he's he probably got it secret. right. Yeah, exactly. He's probably got it right, to be honest. <laughs> so, uh, well done, well done, Natsuki, for that uh, fine little bit of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, of Valentine's Day fun there. <laughs> while we're on the subject of uh, of like White Day and romance, I thought this week we would cover love hotel culture. Yes. The mystery of love hotels, the magic of love hotels. Mm. I Have you ever had any experience with love hotels while you've been in Japan? 
No, uh, though I have always stayed in the Love Hotel district of Shibuya, and the first time I went, I walked around and I was confused as to why these hotels were so colourful and had so many different um, styles and things like that. And absurd and, names. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absurd names. Why you were able to go in there for an hour at a time. So you're probably mm. best off kind of explaining uh, the Love Hotel to people who aren't really familiar. So I was actually in Shibuya Love Hotel District yesterday, not for love. I actually no. got lost because it's such a big district and <laughs> they all look the same. They've all got silly names like Hotel Mickey Cookies. I think that's my favourite <laughs> Love Hotel name. Someone thought, let's combine Mickey with cookies. But uh, no, Love Hotels, so uh, a lot of ja- a lot of uh, families live in intergenerational households in Japan. So you've got the grandparents live with the parents, the kids live with the parents, the kids of the kids live with the everyone basically lives in a big bloody house uh so the walls are quite thin and already you can probably see the problem emerging uh so they they've got these love hotels that have been going i think since the 50s or 60s and the idea is you can pay either hourly or pay for like uh the whole night so i think two hours typically costs about four thousand yen which is about uh forty dollars or 25 pounds for two hours uh in a love hotel where you can relax and do love Love, do love, yeah. <laughs> do love. <laughs> put a love I, I on someone. The, I don't have to tick the explicit box on iTunes no. uh, for this one, so I'll, <laughs> I'll be careful what I say. Uh, but um, yeah, so and if you pay for the night, if you pay for like twelve hours, you're looking at about hundred dollars or mm. ten thousand yen. So it's a little bit cheaper than a hotel. But and here's the best thing: the rooms are absolutely huge, and they're mm. a lot more fun than standard hotel rooms. They're obviously uh, soundproofed. Uh, because, again, I don't want to have to tick the explicit box on <laughs> iTunes, but, yes, use your imagination, everyone. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, uh, so they have kind of weird, crazy things in there. I've, I've featured a few videos before, and the first video I did, I've done two videos now on Love Hotels. The first one, I got locked in a cage in uh, in the room. It was themed like a torture chamber, uh, which is exactly the kind of place you want to be when having a romantic few hours. Uh, and then the second video I did, I think about two years ago now, we had a, a teddy bear cave, uh, amongst other things, and a room themed like a cinema. But you get all kinds of stuff. You get hot tubs, you get saunas, you get karaoke, you get arcade games. Like There's it's so much fun to be had in a love hotel. You can just go in there with friends. If you're coming to Japan for two or three weeks... Like, I would actually put it on your list of things to do, because mm. you could have some real fun in there. And, and, and also, you should definitely try it, Pete. And also, <laughs> exactly, that's, that's one of the things <laughs> I've never tried. We spoke about the Nakagin Capsule Hotel, we talked about the fact I've never used a, a capsule hotel. I think, um, for my kind of um, style of doing things, in that I'm always jet-lagged, I'm always a little bit hungover when I'm in Japan, <laughs> so I think a, a little siesta in the afternoon would sort me out something chronic. Just pop in, well, have a little snooze in a crazy yeah. world, and then come back out again. Exactly. I know. I think I've I've heard of quite a few businessmen like using it on mm. a. I mean, I've never. Th- I've thought about doing it quite a lot, but I'm kind of tired in the afternoon. I want yeah. somewhere to nap. I've actually thought about doing it, mm. but it just feels a bit. It just feels a bit all like <laughs> a bit weird, a bit awkward to do that. Just going into a capsule hotel alone and just sort of <laughs> laying there for two hours <laughs> in like a dungeon with a cage next to me and all sorts of <laughs> weird crap. You feel like you're not um, making the most of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I. I, it's it's a weird thing. I thought about taking a friend in there once who came to visit my mm. friend uh, my friend Dave, and we we're going to go in there. But uh, they actually don't let you go in if you're too if you're the same sex. Sometimes oh, like we right, weren't okay. allowed in to. I think two or three went in two or three love hotels, and they were like, no, 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 
no two boys and I was like <laughs> oh alright wow so yeah I mean I, I guess don't, I don't know why that is actually well, I, I, I just a, a slightly antiquated uh, society, possibly, mm. <laughs> or just you know, behind, just strangers. Yeah, the times, perhaps. I, I remember going to uh, Nicho Me, which is a legendary gay district of um, Shinjuku, uh, on my first trip to Japan, yes. and uh, there was uh, due to a again a very antiquated anti-prostitution law from the 1920s. Uh, a lot of nightclubs and bars uh, you weren't allowed to dance in them. Uh, so there was yeah, a guy. Yeah, so yeah. there was a guy uh, DJing, and there, you know, people, you know, police would come around and bust places that had people dancing in them so there was this hilarious right, sort of yeah. image of being in a gay club and you have you know ideas about gay clubs are fun everyone's dancing everyone's drinking everyone's having a great time they're the best if you ever got like a, a new city they're the best place to be if you're straight if you're hetero uh, and you're on the lookout for someone uh, another sex i mean obviously it's not the great greatest idea but if you're just out to have a bloody laugh <laughs> and, and just to dance about and just to have the most amount of fun go to the gay district because it's just 10 times more fun every Everyone's friendly. Well, there's no bullshit. There's no ego. Uh, and when you, go, and, but, you Nietzsche, love it. but I love it. But Nietzsche here, um, which is really interesting. Like just standing in a bar while a DJ played Lady Gaga. No one's dancing. It's so weird. It was oh, such a weird experience. It was wrong. Everyone has to dance to Lady Gaga. I know. But Bad I mean, romance. I, I actually on my first night ever in Japan, my friends uh, took me to Nietzsche Mare and we went to a gay bar. Actually, and we uh, we went in, and there was a guy. He was really drunk, and he was so drunk he was he was getting off with the mirror. Nice. And we were like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> he was licking the mirror, <laughs> and one of my friends went over. I'm like, "What are you doing, mate?" And he was like, "Oh, I thought it was someone else." He was so drunk he thought the mirror was somebody else. I mean, how ridiculous is that? He's got a type, like, and I love that about that man. <laughs> <laughs> that that kind of put me off Nietzsche Mare a little bit. But I think it was just <laughs> that guy. I shouldn't judge. The whole of that district in Shinjuku by that one man. <laughs> Licking um, a mirror. <laughs> but love hotels, uh, as well as being kind of good, they're also a little bit scary and a little bit intimidating. Mm, For example, yes. you actually get locked in the room. You probably don't, you probably don't know this, but you get locked what? in the room. Uh, so you go in the room and they, they seal the door after you. And if you're staying there like eight or nine hours, whatever, they won't open it until your time's up. And you have to ring... The check at the the desk can be like, can we go now? Um, or you have to wait until you've paid. So often the pay machines, the payment machines, are located in the room itself. Right. So you go in and you'll like pay with your credit card in a little like ATM style booth that's built into the wall of the Love Hotel. Mm. Uh, and it's pretty it's pretty scary. The the idea of not being able to escape the Love Hotel <laughs> or escape your room can lead to some pretty kind of scary situations. But I did it. I, one time I went there with a girl, uh, just because we, we wanted to sit in a room. Lodge, lodge. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We went in the room anyway, and she went in the shower, and I was like, oh, I'll pay while you go in the shower and whatnot. So she went in the shower, and I started paying at the like the little payment system behind the door. The door was shut, we couldn't get out, that was that. And I got my credit card out and put it in, and it was like, credit card rejected. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you fucking, you what? So I tried another card, and it was like, credit card, rejected. And I was like, you fucking kidding. So I, I, by this, and I had no money on me. I had like a 1,000 yen, and it was about 8,000 yen for the night. And by this point, I was just sticking in every card I could, like my driver's license, everything, because I was panicking. I was terrified. I was sticking all these cards in. This was my first year in Japan, so I couldn't really speak any Japanese. I didn't know what to do. And uh, so I rang up the desk, and I was like, my card isn't working. Card is broken. And this woman kind of was sent up. They opened the door, and there's this really angry woman looking there, like just sort of standing there. And she was like, 
credit card, please. And like, she looked at it and she was like, no, no, not this credit card. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and she was like, cash. And I was like, no, no, I don't have any cash. And she looked at me with this shocked expression. She was like, get out, get out now. And I was like, what? And like, I had to go back into the room where the girl was still in the shower and be like, oh. And she was like, yeah, yeah, come on in. And I was like, well, there's a bit of a problem. We, we actually have to go now because I have no money and no cards. And I don't think she did either. So we, she had to like hastily get dry, throw her clothes on, and we were kind of escorted from the building. <laughs> it was one of the most humiliating memories I have from all of my all my time in Japan. <laughs> Chris, oh. Chris, that is an my obscene story. That's so yeah. uh, so not obscene because of the so things awkward. you wanted to do. It's obscene because the things you couldn't do and and the well, situation. I just want to do karaoke. Yeah, of course, and <laughs> and just room. and just being told that you have to leave immediately because it you was, got. And you should have uh, seen the woman's expression. She was livid. Well especially, well, especially because love hotels are famous for... Because, um, again, the reasons why they exist uh, are the reasons that you've just mm. given. But um, the situation dictates that um, when you are giving over money or when you're actually going into the place, you never actually speak to anybody. You, or, or if there is yes, an actual right. serving person, um, it's, it's, it's behind a wall, basically. You don't really ever see anyone. That's right. So you go in, uh, you go in there's usually like a, a curtain when you go in. Uh, and you go in, and then... There's there is a check-in desk, but there's no one there. You don't right. see anyone. There's a few like cameras. You can often hear the rustle of papers and noises in the back in the back room. Uh, but you have a series of screens, like TV screens, uh, with pictures of each kind of room right. on there. So you've got like some exquisite rooms, some cheap rooms. You can see what themes the rooms are, and then you and they have the price underneath as well. And then you kind of press a button for the room, and then uh, yeah, you just go in the lift. The lift will open up. You go. Some are a little bit different. Sometimes you do meet the staff in there, but rather than you can't see their face, there's just a little tiny, <laughs> a little tiny hole in the wall where they kind of, you can just kind of hear them and they can hear you. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> that's like so um, it is a kind of really creepy system. It's it's like Alien. They're in the walls. They're always in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> in the walls of the Love Hotel. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, the first few times I did it, I. I was very intimidated by it all. But now, you know, it's not at all. The whole system's pretty simple. And uh, what you found, what I found is um, love hotels in Japan have kind of changed. They're becoming more open to the idea of foreign tourists. Before, right. I think the first time I used one back in 2013, I think it was then, uh, I don't think they were really, like, welcoming to foreigners. Mm. I think they kind of, like, I mean, the woman was probably angry at me because I didn't, get, I didn't pay the hotel, to be fair, uh, rather than being foreign. <laughs> that, that was but, a major um, problem, to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's it, a she, fair she, point, she, to be fair. she wasn't racist against you, she was racist against your credit card, which is a problem. <laughs> racist against my wallet. Um, <laughs> so, But these days, if you go on like booking.com or hotels.com or whatever, you'll find that you can actually book the Love Hotel on the website. Mm. And you could never do that before. Love Hotels, you can't reserve a room. You have to turn up there and it's kind of, you know, first come, first serve. Now, you can actually do it on the internet, and it's this idea that love hotels are trying to boost their money, boost their yeah. profits by kind of welcoming tourists. Well, it's 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 uh, it, whenever you sort of walk past one, it's always very quiet. There's never anybody coming in or out. I remember <laughs> sort of booking one weirdly on Hotels.com mm. uh, in Korea. They have a very small amount of them in Korea, and I, I booked one there just because it was cheaper than every other hotel. Yeah. Uh, the best thing about it, mm. it had two gaming PCs in there. 
Two gaming what? quality PCs in there. No idea why. Did they have any games? No, it did have a uh, a colossal amount of uh, European strength pornography on it, though. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh my lord! <laughs> <laughs> why would you need a quality a pit like a PC gaming quality PC for that? Get a bit, PC yeah. gaming quality. <laughs> gaming. For, oh, oh my god! Since that Domino's pizza kicking in already. Isn't it? <laughs> yes, get in there. All <laughs> oh, that lovely cheese. But I yeah, I'm, I'm so stuffed. I don't know why I've done this. Why have I eaten Domino's before a podcast? <laughs> what an idiot! But my, I had a really horrible. The last time I used a love hotel uh, must have been I don't know. I can't remember what it was, but it was a horrible memory, and mm. it put me off love hotels altogether. What? It was. It was in Shibuya actually. It was in Shibuya, the love hotel district, the massive one we discussed earlier. Mm. Uh, if you if you are in Tokyo, the top two love hotel districts are in Shibuya and Shinjuku. Shinjuku, uh, if, if you're a listener, or Pete, if you want to do it, yeah. Pete, if you <laughs> relax in a love hotel. Uh, but the one, yeah, I went to Shibuya and we checked in, and I had a shower in the evening, I found a nice post, a pre going to sleep shower, mm. and I saw a cockroach in the hot tub. There was a hot tub in this in this room. It's quite a big room, but it felt quite old and dusty and smoky. It wasn't very pleasant. And I saw a cockroach in the bath, and I was like, uh. oh shit. <laughs> that's, that's never a good thing I hate cockroaches they scare the hell out of me um, <laughs> but I didn't tell the person I was with I didn't tell them about the cockroach I was like they won't be able to sleep if they know it's in the bathroom so I'll just I won't tell them what a hero cockroach. anyway a hero definitely <laughs> um, and uh, the, the cockroach kind of scuttled away down the drain so I was like well it's probably the last we've seen that little rascal anyway uh, uh, and then we went to sleep and the next morning woke up about 7-8am and I had another shower, because I always start my day with a shower. I love showers. Showers are brilliant. Mm. Lots of showers. And I <laughs> I went in the shower, and I heard an ear-piercing scream uh, from the person I was with. And I like went out the shower, and they were standing out of the bed, and they pointed, and the cockroach was on the pillow oh. uh, that had been where my head had been. And I was like, are you kidding? Are you? I've, I've literally slept with a cockroach by my face and I was absolutely disgusted by this uh, so that put me off love hotels but don't let that stand in the way of you going to a love hotel no don't let that stop you it's it was only f- that time it's a feature a if anything <laughs> maybe if Ooh. you can't maybe if your credit card doesn't work maybe the cockroach has a credit card you could use instead I once worked at a zoo for a year Chris and we had hissing cockroaches <laughs> You worked at a zoo? I worked in a zoo for an entire year uh, at wow. university. Uh, I was there to make a, a CD-ROM, something you probably don't even remember existing. Uh, but it if was, there was a uh, list of top five <laughs> things I wouldn't expect someone to do at a zoo, that would be, like, number one or two. What the... De- what the- Making a CD-ROM at a zoo. Yeah, I was supposed to be doing that, and instead I just spent all of my time just hanging out with the gibbons, and I, you know, started my uh, my, my lifelong love affair with gibbons. Oh, man, I love gibbons. But we used to have, in the education centre, we used to have hissing concro- cockroaches that if you touched them, they would go... <laughs> which is spooky. I, I don't know what I'm laughing at more, the idea of you making a CD-ROM, the idea of you with the gibbons, or... <laughs> The fact you just pronounced cockroaches conkroach. Conkroach. <laughs> Conkroaches <laughs> encroaching uh, on your pillow. <laughs> Pete so in the yes. zoo. Incredible. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Are you a YouTuber? Wow. Um, so, last week uh, we started something very special, and I think very useful as well, because <laughs> when, when it comes to learning uh, Japanese, when it comes to learning any language, I think it's always kind of hard. You always get taught the basics. You get taught the mm. Ohio Gazimuses and the Samima Sens, uh, but you don't get to learn anything more advanced than that until you get over a particular kind of speed bump, I think it's fair to say. Uh, so it's quite nice with these shows, because they are themed around a, a central theme, we can sort of, mm. or you can rather, uh, give us um, some vocabulary uh, that might be useful. <laughs> Speedy uh, Japanese lesson. Exactly, in love. Like, love-based vocabulary. <laughs> yes, so the theme this week's been love. It makes sense to do some love vocabulary. Mm. Now, you know a little bit of vocabulary, so I kind of see these segments as me just testing you on your Japanese, basically. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, so what I'll do is I'll give you some words in English and you tell me what they are in Japanese. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright. Alright, so let's dive into the verb for love. How do you say I love you? Or uh, yeah, how do you say love in Japanese? Well, uh, as discussed on a previous episode, I am reprehensibly ugly to any Japanese women, so I've never had the <laughs> opportunity uh, to use this. Oh. Uh, and, uh, in fact, I can't... The gibbons love you, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love those gibbons. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think... 
Uh, I, to be honest, I don't know to love. I don't know to love. I know to like, right. but I don't know to love, Chris. What's to like? Uh, Daisuke. Good. So that you could use that in the same way, actually. I like. Right. Uh, you could say that, like, oh, Daisuke, in the way it kind of, to mean love, uh, but not in a very deep way. Like, it's oh, the sort of thing okay. you'd say to someone you've been dating for, like, a few weeks or something, you know, mm. you kind of just say, oh, by the way, you know, I love to Daisuke. Give me like a Daisuke. Uh, but the real kind of the big verb, the one to go for if you're in, if you're actually genuinely in love, is aishiru or aishiru. Aishiru. Anata. Whisper that into your wife's ears. Anata wa aishiru. And uh, don't make the classic mistake. In in Japanese, you don't actually ever use anata wa. Oh, anata. okay, right. You don't use anata. Well, Any I, word you? So, so Because it's kind of rude. There's an expectation. Uh, you should always know the person's name. And so when people go, Chris, how's my Japanese? Anata ga daisuke, or send me a message with the word anata. It's kind of the giveaway that their uh, Japanese isn't necessarily that good. Because you just don't use it. Ah, I see. So, uh-huh. uh, I see. Yeah. Or rather, ashteru. Um, um, so, like, <laughs> if... Um, so, and I always sort of remember, so anata wa... Anatawa. Mm. I always remember that's about someone else because it, it reminds me of the word another, another anata, yeah, yeah. anatawa, an- so another person basically. But people anatawa. don't use it. Turns out, and that's the that's the weird thing about Japanese. You get taught all these kind of very formal uh, kind of uh, setups and formal mm. rules and formal vocabulary. But when you actually get there, nobody bloody uses it. It's very upsetting. <laughs> it's true. I mean, we don't. You kind of just admit. If you don't know the person's name, mm. for example, if I, I mean, obviously I do know your name, so it's like Peter Daisuke, you know, Peter Sandaisuke. Oh. Uh, but if I didn't know your name, mm. I wouldn't say Anata, I just wouldn't say it. Mm. I'd just talk to you, I would just, I would just drop the subject altogether. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'd just say, like, oh, Daisuke. Mm. You know, you wouldn't tell someone whose name you didn't know that you love them, that would be the sort of thing you would do if you are fantastically drunk. That's the only <laughs> time I can envision that happening. Uh, all right, let's let's take it to the next level. Mm. What about uh, head over heels in love? Head over heels in love? Uh, no, not, not, a, not a clue. One. No, not a clue. Well, yeah, but it's rabu rabu, rabu rabu, rabu Yeah. Rabu. So, for example, when I told my Japanese friend I had a girlfriend or whatever, they would be like, "Oh, rabu rabu this rabu rabu." Is it? Are you head over heels? You know, mm. it's kind of a tongue in cheek. Right. way of saying it, you know, is it, is it love, love? Oh, that's love, lovely. Love. <laughs> is it love, yeah. love? Easy well, to remember as well. Yeah, it exactly. Like love. Uh, rabu, rabu, is rabu. Yeah, I guess, uh, <laughs> presu- is that how it started, rabu, rabu? Is it like shabu, shabu? Isn't that the, uh, <laughs> isn't that meat in water or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, shabu, shabu. It's where you dip the meat in the water to cook yeah. it, to boil it. Yeah. So, rabu, rabu, yeah, shabu, rabu, shabu, shabu. Shabu, shabu, or, <laughs> shabu, shabu, or, Rubber, rubber. Uh, <laughs> what about what about to kiss? Oh, um, to kiss. I if if I was going to uh, if I was going to bet, I it's reckon easy. it's probably a borrowed word. Good, good. So just and with every borrowed word, just a you on it, kissu, 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 kissu. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a uh, Right, kissu. What yeah. what does what does the suru, what does the suru part is that like a doing word is that like so to suru do? turns it into a verb basically right Kisu okay is the noun and suru whack that on the back and it's a magically becomes a verb ah like uh, like if you want to play kissed. like if you want to play baseball uh, or, or soccer soccer or shimas or shimas yeah, similar sort of thing I guess or if you want to say kiss I want to kiss you you know kiss the stein 
Yeah. <laughs> I want to kiss you. I want to kiss you. Yeah, because if you notice um, words that have Thai on them, uh, it's c- kind of like an intent thing. I want to do something, isn't yes. it? Yes. Right, okay. Yeah. Good. And the last word, big one. So if things go well, if it is <laughs> rabu rabu, yeah. if you do kiss a star, if you do kiss, you do have love, love. Uh, what's to marry? <laughs> oh, uh, not a clue. Not a clue. Kekon. Kekon suru. Kekon suru. Kekon suru. Kekon stone. Ah. I want to get married. Ah, yeah. So so you hear that quite a lot, right. actually. Right. Well, often when I when I was teaching, the students be like, "Good is it? Will you get married or Are you married?" And I was like, "No, don't want to get married." And they'd be like, eh. and I'd be like, "No, children, marriage is rubbish." Uh, <laughs> not speaking from experience, just me being pessimistic. Yeah. But they were shocked by this idea that I didn't want to get married. <laughs> I Even re- though I was single as well, I was like, no. But, uh, yeah, kek on suru. Ah. How would you remember that word? What would you use kek in your on, arsenal of kek, kek creative on. genius to memorise well, that word? Well, kek, isn't kek uh, an online kind of uh, online term for laughing? So to laugh uh. is to kek. So kek on. What, in uh, what country is this word from? It's mainly 4chan, kek. to be honest. It's mainly the horrible parts of the internet. They use kek as a kind of, like, really laugh, laughy kind of um, kind of thing. I think that's the case, anyway. Uh, I'm a man a, a little bit older than you, Chris, and I have got a clue of what's going on <laughs> on the internet. I'm just like, oh, what's this now? It's like lifting up a rock most weeks. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous, man. Uh, uh, all right, let's do a quick a quick recap of the words, then. So what's the mm. verb to love? Aishiru or aishiteru. Good, good. Aishiteru is, means, like, I love you, mm. present tense. Uh, head over heels? Rabu, rabu. Yeah. <laughs> Easy, isn't it? Just imagine, like, rub. The word rub. Oh, uh, <laughs> rabu, rabu. Uh, <laughs> All dirty boy um, with his little cockroach in his oh, love hotel. God. Um, a kiss. Is that even worth testing? It's so easy. To kiss. kiss. Is, yeah, kiss the sudo. <laughs> what about, I want to kiss? Uh, ooh, uh, kiss, uh, kiss the tie or shtai? Stai, yeah, good. Kiss a stai. Stai, is it S H T A I? Stai. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, ah, stai. Good. Stai. And to marry. Kek on stai. I want to marry you, Chris. Uh, that's a, a terrifying thought. But good. <laughs> well done. Not too bad. Uh, is your speedy <laughs> Japanese lesson of the week? Yay! Woo-hoo. Thanks, Chris. Make, by episode ten, you'll be basically fluent, <laughs> except you won't be. <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, Shall we move on to a little bit of uh, wacky news of the week or emails? It's completely up to you, because you Um, are my husband, Chris. I... Oh, God. (laughs) All right, let's dive into wacky news of the week before I picture what that could entail. Beautiful. Um, Right, wacky news of the week. So, I don't know if you've seen it. There's a big big kind of thing at the moment, big viral video. Right. About a few days ago. So, a YouTuber in Japan who I happen to know called Tikio Sam, Mm. uh, he had a viral video. He basically got a GoPro camera i went to a sushi restaurant with a conveyor belt sushi and whacked the gopro on a plate and it the plate is carried around the entire room as you would expect given its conveyor belt place <laughs> and it's just amazing because you've got these tables there's about 10 10 tables that it mm. goes past about half the people see the camera the other half don't and it, you can kind of get a view into all these different like microcosms of life going on so for example the second table there's like an argument like some sort of couple having kind of awkward heated argument another table there's just a bunch of lads who are like whoa camera (laughs) another table there's uh 
a western a west like a foreigner who is just shocked by this camera so it's quite nice just this camera just drifting slowly at about five miles per hour past all these people who kind of yeah. react to it uh it's quite a good video yeah uh, and i spoke to him i spoke to him afterwards and we were, we were both find it quite ironic you know you can spend days and hours making really good videos with high production values and then and then you just put a GoPro on a bloody plate and get 300,000 views in 12 hours. <laughs> well, the thing about the whole... Uh, so basically, he just gets a GoPro, puts it on, on, the, on, the, on the conveyor belt and it just mm. goes around. But what I like about it is that it's um, it's actually quite a smooth tracking shot of the entire restaurant. And then at one point... It is, yeah. And then, then at one point, like, the staff pick it up and take it to the back room and sort of look at it a little bit. I mean, I don't know how he got it back, but, I mean, was he in cahoots with the, with the people? I don't know, but he... Uh, I think... <laughs> it definitely wasn't in cahoots. Like, no. So for the first, the first four minutes, it goes round the track, and then suddenly the camera's picked <laughs> off, it's like snatched <laughs> off, and taken into the kitchen, and like <laughs> all the staff are looking into the lens, like, "What is this thing? What's it doing?" <laughs> and uh, after another two minutes, the staff like come like comes in, grabs it, takes it through the kitchen, and hands it back to uh, to Sam, and uh, comes full circle. So it's quite a nice video. I de- definitely recommend checking it out. Mm. What's the video title on uh, YouTube? Do you know. Camera, cam, it's uh, camera goes on Japanese sushi conveyor belt. Trouble! Three exclamation marks. <laughs> Clickbait. Clickbait, mate. Good on him. Clickbait. Fair play to him. <laughs> Good on Sam. Uh, yeah, no, great video. Worth checking it out. Yeah. And it makes me wonder why I put effort into my video. I'm tempted <laughs> to just get a GoPro and do it. Like I spoke to, I spoke to Sam about it mm. after he did it, and I was like, "How ironic is it?" And I kind of I can relate to that with the whole North Korean missile video. Yes. You know, I made a three minute video of a bloody air raid siren going off in the middle of nowhere about a North Korean missile, and it ended up getting like forty million views across Facebook and YouTube. So and I did, it was on my iPhone as well. So it's it's funny how these things happen. Just yeah. Spontaneous kind of situations like that. Just that's where it's at. So the, the best. The moral of the story is just. Do things with a GoPro camera. Well, that, that, that's what don't, they said. That's what they said. Don't overthink it. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. The, the the thing they say is um, the best um, camera is the one you've got with you. I think it's fair to say. So just you know, film everything and then you can edit it later. I suppose. What you should film do the is givens. film, film the, the givens. givens. What you should do conquers. is stick a uh, stick a GoPro on like a tortoise and just let it go in the streets. <laughs> Because I mean, the, and the good thing about Japan is there's barely and then any speed crime. up and do like a time lapse. Yeah, exactly. No one's Tortoise gonna, no cam. one's gonna steal your, no one's gonna steal your camera because people are very respectful of other people's property. Um, stick a, like a GPS locator on it and stuff, and then just find the tortoise letter. See what, see what nonsense he's gotten up to. People waving at it and oh. stuff. Oh, beautiful. Your talents, your talents are wasted at Absolute Radio. <laughs> I know, the right? Ramble. We should be off sticking cameras to tortoises. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Getting this channel off the ground. <laughs> Dear, oh dear. Uh, we've got some uh, emails, uh, Chris. Should we get? Should we pile through a few? Because time is against us. Go for it. Lovely Go old on. job. Uh, well, uh, these uh, are uh, all on the subject of capsule hotels. Uh, Turner Wright. Hello, Turner Wright. It was my second time using a love hotel the way it was intended. Steady. Uh, the first time we <laughs> both st- we, we, we the first time we uh, both stayed until our time was up, so I didn't notice anything amiss. I didn't even realise, like you said earlier, Chris. Some love hotels lock you in. 
Oh, where's this going? I know. I had been I had been living in Korea at the time. I was visiting Japan for a week to climb Mount Fuji, do some shopping. My last night in Fukuoka, nice. beautiful place. I rented a capsule, took a bath, and went to hit the clubs in Tenjin. I met a perfectly nice young lady, and we went to a nearby love perfectly hotel. Nice. Wow, um, perfectly nice, perfectly no, serviceable no lady. Um, <laughs> at this point, I should say I was uh, catching the first ferry back from uh, Fukuoka to Busan uh, on the fast um, uh, on the fast boat. I think it's about three hours, but on a ferry it can take around <laughs> about six to seven hours um it didn't really matter to me if i didn't get any sleep because i'd have to wake up ridiculously early anyway with that in mind once our love hotel activities were finished again steady i needed to leave for the ferry while she wanted to sleep that's when i discovered i couldn't open the door from the inside oh, perhaps there was a perhaps there was a latch or something i was missing so what do you imagine oh, i did i called the front desk i explained i was too stupid to open the door oh. uh, no wait the, the, the room was not only on the lowest floor, but the building was designed in such a way that there was such a strong awning directly under our window leading to street level. Uh, not too, So basically, what this person did was <laughs> they jumped out of the window of the Love Hotel with uh, the clothes very, still very much in disarray, walked over the awning and hoped it would handle my weight and then took a final jump onto the street. Some guy was nearby smoking and didn't even react. Or oh, Japan. So... <laughs> This man just broke out of his own the room, hotel. Just go for the window. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Yeah. God, what an adventure. Turner right. Climbing Mount Fuji, pulling girls and diving out of windows. <laughs> the Turner right experience. Yeah. Well done, Turner. Good job. <laughs> I mean, I imagine it's how Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, deals with situations. <laughs> just jumping out of windows and stuff. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, uh, Do do you want to take one, uh, Chris? Have you got them in front of you? Yes, so Stephen O'Mara says, My question is, when you guys talk about nightlife in Japan, it seems to be very drinking-orientated. What do Mm. you think are some good night night options for travellers who are living living sober? I understand Japan's culture itself is a drinking culture, but was wondering if you guys had some good suggestions to have fun nights out for people who don't like to drink. Hmm. I mean, it's got to be bowling and darts and things like that, I suppose. I think you're forgetting that a lot of um, nightlife is very much based around food as well and little snacks and, you know, eating food every couple of hours. Go, go to a love hotel. Go to, go to a love oh, hotel, no lock yourself in, jump out I mean, the you window. You go to karaoke. Yeah, exactly. He, he, uh, Steve says a lot of activities like karaoke don't necessarily have to be done drunk, but that seems to be the underlying attraction mm. uh, I don't think so I think a lot of people go to karaoke sober uh, and I I mean I, I can't actually do karaoke sober it feels a bit weird but it's still doable um, yeah go to the zoo look at the gibbons um, <laughs> well exactly I, mean, if I love you, the word if, gibbon <laughs> it's, this, this whole podcast should just be about gibbons it, it um, almost sounds a bit Japanese doesn't it gibbon <laughs> but I think I think if you if if you're living as a as a sober person who, who doesn't drink, I mean presumably you know how to um, deal with your own nightlife when when you're not drinking. So I mean, there's there's enough stuff to do. Like just have a stroll around, just enjoy yourself, and people will be drinking. Just sure. get some non-alcoholic beer. Yes. Like, I mean, go to go to an izakaya, go to a Japanese pub, go to a restaurant. Just get like non-alcoholic drinks and mm. you'll be fine it won't be awkward or weird it'll be fine trust no. me and, you and, and worry about it don't let fa- not drinking sake get in the way of your of your trip definitely your and, 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 and for mm. every and for every kind of um uh, beer there's 10 kinds of oolong tea so oolong tea is a big sort of deal when you when you're out and about which is which surprised yeah. me a lot of people instead of a soft drink a coca-cola or something uh, you can have um, something a little less aggressive and oolong is just cold oolong over ice oh man it's decent 
or yeah, I mean, or just go to a games arcade as well. Yeah, that's another Dive one. Drive into a games arcade. Yeah, mm. I mean that's what. Like a lot of friends, when they come over, we often just do Mario Kart, like the uh, games <laughs> arcades from like 7pm, 8pm, you can do it any time. So go into a games arcade, they're often 24 hours anyway, so yeah, lots of options, Steve, lots of Definitely. options. Definitely. Uh, one more question from David there. Is there a Japanese equivalent of Chris Broad, a Japanese YouTuber living in the UK and making videos about their life there for a Japanese audience? Oh. Uh, the only person I know is my friend Chaki. Uh, just type in Chaki into YouTube and it should come up. She's the only Japanese person I know in the UK who's making videos. Um, but obviously they are aimed at Japanese people, so I don't know if, you'll, if they'll be up your street, but yeah, check them out, Chaki. She's really awesome. She's a really nice person. So. I'm going I'm to yes, find, find where Japanese she is and, and, and get in the background of one, just for you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but she's a lot nicer than I am, yeah. Oh. It seems wrong to call her the Japanese equivalent of me. It doesn't, yeah, she's not. <laughs> She's just a nice Japanese girl living in the UK. She'd happily hang out with a cockroach. Um, <laughs> on, on her pillow, <laughs> I imagine. Um, so, uh, so Chris, uh, I guess we kind of have to get out of here, to be honest. We've had another, we've had another oh, bumper well. show. We've learned so much. We've had uh, vocabulary lessons. We've learned about Turner Wright and his wild life. Um, we've learned about uh, Natsuki and the Monster Gyoza cha- Challenge. Do look oh. out for those videos, by the way. It sounds fascinating. The Kill Bill restaurant one and also the uh, Monster to yours as well uh, and but maybe yes, it should be out either when this podcast comes out or soon after so beautiful for them. <laughs> cool. all right well um chris uh, i think it's uh, all, all we can really say <laughs> is goodbye the Domino's sorry. pizza <laughs> yeah <laughs> goodbye <and> sorry <laughs> yes thanks for listening guys no matter where you might be in the world thanks for listening and we'll see you and hear you and listen and art oh, this the domino's pizza is kicking in <laughs>
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.